0: it's a dodgers episode la sends two of their top pitching prospects to the mound against the braves the double a tulsa rotation may be the best one in the minors and you're about to have a playtime crunch with all your outfielders in la let's talk about it you are locked on mlb prospects part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen. Every single day, we're probably part of the On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends with Rocket Money. Stop throwing your, your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Lockdown MLB. So the Los Angeles Dodgers sent two of their top pitching prospects to the mound this week against the Atlanta Braves, and they didn't really have a choice. They didn't have any other options. Both Dustin May and Julio Urias have gone on the injured list. I believe May has since been transferred from the 15-day to the 60. So both these guys are going to stay up, and they're both going to pitch probably multiple times through the order until... Uh, multiple times through the rotation until LA can figure out what to do or make an acquisition. Uh, The one that had the most success was Bobby Miller, but the one that went first was Gavin Stone. So let's talk about that. 2020 fifth rounder out of Central Arkansas uh, has eight games in the minors this year. So eight games in AAA Oklahoma City, two and two record, 404 ERA in 35 and two thirds innings, 41 strikeouts, 10.3 per nine to 19 walks, 4.8 per nine, and five home runs allowed. Considered to be in the top 10 for L.A., has now made two starts, uh, separated by a couple weeks. He came up for a spot start, went back down, came up for this one, and in those two starts, no, no record, no decisions here, 10.12 ERA in his eight innings. So he went four innings against Philadelphia early in the month, eight hits, five runs, four of those were earned. Two walks to one strikeout, threw 77 pitches, 47 for strikes, and then turned around on Monday and faced the Atlanta Braves. Four innings pitched, five hits, five runs, five walks, one strikeout. Uh, 58% strike percentage there, so kind of hovering around 58 to 60% where he was in that first start. And... Those are two hard teams to make your MLB, your first MLB appearances against. His debut was against Philly, and then his second start was against Atlanta. But if you look at what Gavin Stone has, what he throws, and what he does, I understand why he maybe struggled with those two teams. So the fastball, it's a plus fastball off of velocity. It sits 94-98. to Uh, typically it's kind of what it's listed as in the start against Atlanta this week on Monday. It's sat 94, he touched 96 with it. Uh, his command of it's pretty decent. He can put it where he needs to put it. But it's obviously not uh, the, the velocity. It's not the highest velocity you're going to see. I mean, a righty throw in at 94 is nothing spectacular in this modern game of baseball. And the issue with it is the shape isn't necessarily great. It is rather straight and flat. And so because like doesn't have a whole lot of run to it or cut or anything like that. And so because of that, if you can time it up well, you can do damage against it. Now again, he he good command can really move it around the strike zone and so that's kind of where he succeeded against Atlanta. Got a 23% CSW on the fastball. Remember, we want your average could be 30% on your CSW, the college tracks plus whiffs, but typically breaking pitches will be higher and fastballs will be lower. So 23% is not bad for something like that. Uh, he, the real star of the show is the changeup. It's a 70 grade pitch. He can throw it in any count at any location. It has a lot of late kind of run and dive to it. It's not too plain break, but it it still has run and it drops kind of at the very end. And he can, again, the command is really good. He can land it for a strike. He can leave it borderline so you chase it. And it's really hard to kind of barrel it up. He got a 37% called strikes plus whiffs on it against Atlanta. And then he's got a slider that's that's average. It's in the mid 80s. So kind of that same velocity band as the changeup, which you know I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but it is a vertical slider, and it does work really well with the fastball. So the arm speed and the fastball and changeup match up really well. And the slot and release point point of and the tunnel of the fastball and the slider work really well. So the changeup's giving you mostly the run and then that little bit of late drop. The slider's more of the vertical movement, and then the fastball is just straight and up top. He does have a curveball. He did not throw it against Atlanta. He finished the outing with a 29% CSW, uh, six hard hit balls in the contest, but again, four runs, uh, five runs, four earned against Philly on it, and then five runs in those four innings against Atlanta. So uh, some stuff to work on, but Gavin Stone's tools are there. Flip side, the next day, Bobby Miller goes out there, uh, 2020 first rounder out of Louisville, and not only starts in place of Julio Urias but matches up against Spencer Strider and uh, the Dodgers win the game. So he goes uh, five innings, four hits, one run, one walk, and five strikeouts. 95 pitches, 63 were strikes, so a 66% strikeout rate. And going off of just his stats, you wouldn't have expected Bobby Miller to have done that in his MLB debut. His four games in AAA, one and one, the five six five ERA in 14 and a third innings, 12 strikeouts, two six walks, two home runs allowed. I know very small sample size, working his way back from some stuff, things like that. but either way, Bobby Miller did look very good. 21 uh, percent CSW, which is the surprising part like the, the the college strikes plus whiffs weren't that exceptional for the outing, but what he actually the results he got, we're very good and that's sometimes a reminder to us that some of these stats like CSW strike strike percentage all of that stuff they're they're sometimes they're, they're not always prescriptive or predictive and they're not always descriptive because there's so many other variables in this game uh, gave up six hard hit balls in the contest but uh, really for him it's just it's the power profile that works the fastball, 70 grade fastball sits 97 to 99. He touched a 101 with it. Uh, it, it he also has a two seamer that's only slightly slower. Uh, so gives you a, you know a lot of that, that sink and tail to it, really hard to barrel that up. Combine that with a 70 grade slider, really tight movement, kind of late uh, drop on it. And so you know sits in the upper 80s, so the velocity band is absurd on there change changeup's a plus pitch it's also kind of up there in the high high 80s has some natural sync to it itself it and the two seamer have a lot of characteristics that are similar except 10 miles an hour difference on velocity and then has a curveball that is it's listed as an 11 to 4 uh, it, it looked like it had a little bit more sweep than just a straight uh you know mostly vertical curveball would have but either way it's it's low 80s it's not necessarily amazing, but it's good enough. He can throw it, he can steal stuff with it, things like that. Bobby Miller looked very good. And so Miller's outing was better than Stone's. On the metrics, Stone's outing should have been better than Bobby Miller's. But either way, it's an abundance of riches for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they've got even more behind it. Because in the minor leagues, in Double A Tulsa... They have the best pitching rotation in all of the minors, and we'll get to that next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Listen, I have made so many jokes about Bird Dogs, but I do it out of love. Listen, they are five-tool shorts, okay? 80-grade comfort, 80-grade convenience. They're entirely flexible, both in how you can wear them and both in how they feel. The fabric's fantastic. You can do liner or no liner. Sometimes it's like literally, it doesn't even feel like you're wearing anything at all. Uh, the point is, they have shorts, they have pants, they have joggers. Again, liner, no liner, your choice. Entirely flexible can work for whatever you're doing. Happy hour, golf golf course, business meeting. I'm not saying wear them to a job interview, but if you show up and your legs look that good in those shorts, they may hire you on the spot. So... Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. When you enter the promo code locked on MLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs branded Yeti style tumbler with every order. Birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Promo code locked on MLB. You'll look great. You'll be drinking great in Bird Dogs. The rotation in Double A Tulsa is absolutely stupid. Okay. So there, there, there are... I'm gonna say there's six guys in the rotation. One of them has missed his last two turns, and I think it's because of injury, and they haven't confirmed it. I'm freaking out because he's on he's on my fantasy team. We'll get to it. But if you go off of the Baseball America ratings, because they're gonna do re-rakes soon on all of these guys, but as of now, they've got six top 30 prospects assigned to Double A Tulsa. Okay. As of okay, here, let me explain before I get before I do that how good this rotation is. Uh, As of Wednesday, the ERA for the pitching staff in AA Tulsa is 2.93. The starter's ERA is a 1.79. They're striking out almost 30% of batters. They're allowing just under one home run per nine innings with an opponent batting average allowed of under 200. It is like, as an entire pitching staff, it is absurd how good these guys are. But okay, if you go by the Baseball America rankings, you'll notice two things. One, they're all ranked. Two, they're all righties. None of these guys are lefties. It's just nothing but right-handed pitchers in A Tulsa. Nick Nostrini, number nine prospect. Nick Frosso, number 11 prospect. Emmett Sheehan, number 13 prospect. River Ryan, number 16 prospect. There's two alliterative names in here. That's, I guess it's a thing you have to do if you're out in L.A., Landon Knack, number 22 rated prospect. Kyle Hurt, number 27 rated prospect. Believe it or not, the one that's hurt is not Kyle Hurt. It's Nick Frosso. He missed his last two turns through the rotation. Uh, I have him in Dynasty. I'm a little freaking out right now that he might be hurt and they're not telling us. So uh, maybe maybe tell us, LA, if he's hurt or not. I'd love to know. But when you look at these guys, uh, the best results so far, it depends how you define best results, right? If you're going off of ERA, it's different than if you're going off of strikeouts. So Emmett Sheehan, 2 and 1 with a 166 ERA in nine games, 38 innings pitched, he's walked 16 and struck out 67. So if you're going off of strikeouts, he's the best. Opponent batting average allowed of 115 for Emmett Sheehan. Uh, it was something where 2021 sixth rounder out of Boston College and he was initially kind of looked at as a reliever and it was because of the quality of the second year. It's like, yeah, the fastball is really good but nothing else is. And so, Image just went out there and improved everything else that he does. And so now, it's, now he's a guy with his fastball is still plus but he's got a slider and a change uh, and the the sliders a, a a gyro slider the controls gotten better and so you can project him to be like a starter now you can project him to be in a rotation versus a reliever because he legitimately has a changeup that's at least average or above average to go along with the plus fastball he's got a curveball uh it sits in the upper 70s it's a little bit better and then the slider has gotten up to at least usable it's like a 45 or so and so Emmett Sheehan, boom, dude. Uh, If you're going, if you're deciding who's the best off of ERA, it's Nick Frosso, who we mentioned is hurt. 2024th rounder out of Aloya Maramount. Uh, And on the year, one and one with a 101 ERA. Six games, 26 and two thirds innings. He's allowed exactly three earned runs, five walks to 36 strikeouts opponent batting average allowed of one ninety eight he's actually like fourth and or fifth in this group if you sort by batting average but he's number one if you sort by e r a because no no matter how you define it a different one of these guys can be the best pitcher in Tulsa his thing seventy grade fastball big fastball and he throws he kept he kept going back and forth between two different sliders he had a he had like a sweeper and he had a more traditional not quite a gyro slider, I don't think, but just like a more traditional slider. Kind of just throws them both now. Has a changeup, little fringy. I want to see him healthy. I want to see him throw again. Again, I have him in Dynasty, and I'm a little freaking out about it. I may have to uh, go see if I can grab one of these other numerous Dodgers pitching prospects instead. If you keep going by ERA, Kyle Hurt has a 1-1-7. He's the guy who's done the most bullpen work. He's appeared in eight games, two-in-one record, but only five starts. And with Frosso being out, he may now be in the rotation. Uh, twenty twenty fifth rounder out of Miami. Really big fastball changeup guy, right? And the big step that he had to take, I mean, he was in the back half of the top 30. I think he was number 27 to open the season from Baseball America. And the big thing was he just, he had to he had to work on the stuff. He had to work on the control. He had to work on not walking as many guys. And right now, Kyle Hurt Six walks to 44 strikeouts in 23 innings. I'd say he's worked on the walk issues a little bit. A batting average allowed of 179. So the overall control has gotten better. Specifically, the fastball command has also gotten better. And so, yes, it's still a fastball changeup thing. He has a slider. It's not great. The good news is both the fastball and the changeup are plus pitches. So he has a good base to work from. But the difference of as far as whether he's going to be a starter or a reliever is going to be can he get that slider to at least average it's it's given us flashes of average but can it get to average if it can get to average you're looking at Kyle Hurd as a guy who can be a, deba- a you know a number 4 number 5 starter some more some more of these these other guys the highest rated one was Nick Nastrini 2021 fourth rounder out of UCLA would have been a first rounder he got the gipps in his senior in his, his draft year fell out of the rotation completely. They got him under slot. But when you look at what he's done, his stats, six starts, one and one record, 255 ERA, 24 strikeouts, and 24 and two-thirds innings to nine walks. The walks are a little bit higher than you'd love. His whip is just around one. Put it back in average a lot of 180. But the stuff is very, very good. The fastball is a legitimate 70-grade fastball. It's 95-96, can touch 99 has a vertical breaking slider that's above average in the mid eighties has a changeup also in the mid eighties, but moves differently. So it has, has that arm side fade to it and then has a power curve ball in the low eighties with uh, more two plane break. If I remember, so you've got fastball stays up. You've got slider drops down, change up has drop and run to, you know, to the right. If you're looking from the pitcher's mound and the power curve ball breaks down and to the left. So all the directions he can get you with low eighties. He can get you with mid eighties. He can get you with mid to upper nineties on the fastball different. So different velocities, different speeds. Very good. River Ryan, 2021, 11th rounder out of UNC Pembroke by the Padres and was traded for a utility guy. I think it was last year in spring training from the Padres to the Dodgers. Uh, was a he was a two-way guy all through college, so he didn't really focus on pitching full time until last year. And took off, did well, made it all the way to double A. Is back there 0-1 record right now, 2-1-7 ERA in eight games. Seven of those were starts, 28 strikeouts and 29 innings to 14 walks. Has to work on the control a bit. Something where he throws the it's like the biggest power profile in this system. Fastball was a plus fastball, sits 96-97. Has a cutter that sits in the low 90s, so 92, 93. Uh, goes along with a, a change changeup that's in the upper 80s with run. Doesn't quite get the 10-mile-an-hour difference from the four-seam fastball, but it's just under what the cutter is and moves in the other direction and then has a curveball in the mid-80s. So it's a lot of power stuff that can go one way or the other. Curveball drops down, fastball stays up, like the combination of stuff. And then the last guy is Landon Knack, 2020 second rounder out of Eastern Tennessee State. And he has very good results second on the team in strikeouts as of time of pulling these stats. 1-0 record, 1-3-2 ERA in his nine starts, 41 innings, 45 strikeouts to seven walks. Opponent batting average allowed of 177. Second best mark on the team behind Emmett Sheehan. And his thing had been like conditioning. He had an injury, so like staying healthy. And then not only staying healthy, but also uh, being able to do all of the extra work you have to do to be in pitching shape. Uh, Big fastball slider guy, he changed the slider from more of a sweeper to more of a gyro slider. But these six guys, and again, we don't know the status of Nick Frosso. I'm still waiting to find that out. But these six guys uh, are all very good pitchers. And it feels like LA is going to get at least two rotation options that are going to pan out out of these six, if not more, because of how much how good of a job they've done at developing their pitchers in recent history. And just a minute, you're going to have an outfield uh, playing time log jam coming up soon, I think. And we're going to look at that next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rocket Money. You've heard me talk about it before. Try it free for 30 days. That's how they get you. Just like a gym, all of these apps and things like that, their, uh, their business model is get you to sign up. You don't use it. We bill you every month. And if you don't know right now exactly how much you're spending on your monthly subscriptions, which, spoiler alert, most Americans don't. Uh, the, uh, most, the, the most common answer, the average given, is $80 a month. And the average actual amount is like $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month on recurring subscriptions, download the Rocket Money app. Uh, It will quickly and easily find your subscriptions. And if you want to cancel them, you hit cancel and it'll cancel them for you. You don't have to do the work. Also helps you manage all your finances in one place. You can categorize your expenses, track your budget in real time, so you know where all your money's going. So stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions, manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Again, rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. If you really want to throw your money away, just send it to me. Okay, so two guys that were in AA Tulsa when I had the idea to make this show and have since been promoted out of AA Tulsa to AAA Oklahoma City... Two outfielders. You've got uh, Johnny Delucia and Andy Pajes. So, Delucia, 2019, 25th rounder out of Oregon. This is a dude that they were not counting on to contribute to the organization. Uh, You don't see many starters come out of the 25th round. But they take him in 2019. He gets some time in rookie ball. Loses all of 2020. 2021, low A, high A. 22, high A, double A. 23, is in A to start the year, and boom, right up the AAA. In A AA Tulsa, 32 games this year, 279, 380, 590, 10 home runs, 18 extra base hits, 14 walks to 26 strikeouts in 32 games, and 9 of 10 on stolen bases. So the book on Johnny DeLuca going into the season was, he does really well against lefties, He's going to give you above average to plus defense. The speed is plus. The defense is above average in center, probably plus in a corner. The arm strength is at least above average, if not a little bit better. I think if he's a little more accurate, it'd be a little bit better, but either way. Uh, And then at the plate, you had questions about the hit tool. They moved him from a switch hitter to just batting righty, but he does very well against lefties, does very well against velocity, and is just one of those dudes that's really annoying to pitch against. Like, he will just foul off six balls in a row and then work a walk. It's frustrating to deal with. Uh, but we've seen the power dramatically come in. Granted, the sample sizes are smaller. He gets the double-A Tulsa last year. Uh, 25 games, he hit seven home runs, and that's after hitting 18 home runs in 73 games in high A. Granted, at age 23. But age... A 24 in double A this year, 10 home runs in those 32 games. So they sent him to AAA Oklahoma City. He's got eight games, no home runs yet. He has two extra base hits. He's batting like 212, but it's been a week. Like it's been just over a week. Let's give him some time. So Johnny DeLucia, excited about him. If the power potential is real or if the power growth turns out to be legitimate, you're looking at a guy with plus speed who can play all three positions and probably has. A 45 hit tool, which the the floor right there is fourth outfielder, if not more defensive replacement pinch runner, if not better. So happy about that. Andy Pajes is the other guy. So we we've talked about him before, but wasn't was an international free agent out of Cuba, signed at the age of I believe it was 17, uh, and and has spent just about a year a level since he got over to the States. So uh, 2021, age 20, spends the whole year in high A, 120 games. Hits 31 bombs. Age 22, I'm sorry, age 21 in 2022, spends 132 games the entire season in Tulsa. Hits 236 with 26 bombs. The batting average isn't necessarily great, but the power production's there. So they said, hey, Andy Pajes, we want you to get a little bit better, a little bit better at making contact with your hit tool uh, and not necessarily just always selling out for power. So he comes into Tulsa this year, 33 games, so just over a month, 284, 430, 495. I didn't give you his previous slash line in Tulsa. Last year it was 236, 336, 468. So he raises, the slugging goes up 30 points. They weren't looking for that. They were prepared for the slugging to go down a little bit. Slugging goes up 30 points. Batting average goes up 50 points. On base goes up 100 points. He walks 25 times in 33 games to only 32 strikeouts. Whereas last year, he had 62 walks in 132 games and struck out 140 times. So he raised his walk rate and he cut down his strikeout rate. And he still has 16 extra base hits. He only has three home runs right now but 16 extra base hits. So they've moved him to AAA Oklahoma City for this week. I believe he actually played, I want to say he got in a game on Wednesday there. But now you're in a situation where both these guys are in AAA, and even if you give them the rest of the year to cook, you go to the major league level, and it's like, okay, we've got James Outman in center field. Feels like James Outman, I mean, he platoons at times, but like he's a rookie of the year candidate. He's probably going to stick. You've got Mookie Betts, all everything in right field. He can play second base. He's played some shortstop this year, but you've got Mookie Betts and right. And then you have three other outfielders on your roster, not counting Chris Taylor, who plays everywhere. So you've got Jason Hayward, who will be 34 by the end of the season. You've got Trace Thompson, who's 32, and you've got David Peralta, who's 36. So yes, you're going to get to the point where you're no longer going to want to keep these guys, but... It's something where both of them are going to earn call-ups. Both of them would do best in a corner. And at best, you're going to be able to use them in left because you've got James Altman in center and Mookie Betts in right. And then those weird occasions where you don't decide to use all your prospects, like you don't have Miguel Vargas or Michael Bush playing second. You can bring Mookie and Linden play second and have a different configuration of the outfield. But it's just, it's one of those things where It's a good problem to have if you're not a Dodgers fan. You're like, oh, come on. Is that even fair? If you're a Dodgers fan, you're like, yeah, this is probably trade ammunition. Somebody, either a pitcher from the second segment or an outfielder from the third segment or multiple of those are going to get moved at the trade deadline. So don't get too attached to these guys because somebody's going to get shipped out to get the major league team some help, whether it's shortstop because you're using Miguel Rojas or Chris Taylor there or, you know, while you wait for Gavin Lux to come back next year or more likely, it's probably rotation help because those contending teams don't really have the runway to let the prospect figured out at the major league level. So Bobby Miller looked great. If he keeps looking great, he'll be there. If Gavin Stone keeps putting up four earned runs in four innings, he won't be lasting very long at the major league level. So it would be interesting to see kind of how it's going to work going forward and how many of these guys actually make it to the bigs there in L.A. Fantastic week this week. Enjoy the weekend. It's a long weekend for most of you. We will have a show on Monday. There is still a, a Mailbag Monday episode coming on Monday. If you have questions for that show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the Locked on MLB Prospects Discord. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.